Welcome to Mystic Initiations, a podcast hosted by priestesses Lady Decana and Lady Aridia. Together we will explore all things mystical, magical, and mysterious. So grab yourself a drink, get comfortable, and follow us as we delve into the world of the unknown. Welcome back to Mystic Initiations. My name is Lady Aridia, and I am a witch, and I am co-host with Lady Decana. Welcome back, Lady Decana. Hey, nice to be back. <laughs> how, how have you been? Um, busy. Busy. I've had a lot of stuff going on. Busy. Are you excited? I'm very excited for the reboot Are, to be back. Me too. We had a lot of fun, and we had a lot of we were getting a lot of traction and then life life happened took us out for a while yeah. but we are back. all right <laughs> and mystic creations is a podcast where we explore all things paranormal and we challenge the listeners to safely get out into the field and have your own experiences with the paranormal it is all around us and if you just have the eyes to see and the ears to hear you can find out the magical world is ever present with yes, us yes definitely now, speaking, speaking of the magical world, we have little Miss Magic herself with us tonight. Her <laughs> name is Theodora Pendragon. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Oh. And Theodora is just a dynamo. And I thought I would, uh, we would start with, um, she wrote a book. So Theodora, why did you write a hey book? Hey there. Thanks for having me on the show. Why did <laughs> I write a book? Well. The book is Taking the Flight Out of the Broom Closet. It's a book with a therapeutic approach because I'm a therapist in private practice. And I help people come out of the rainbow closet often. So one day I was at a ritual, a pagan ritual, and the high priestess informed everybody to not take pictures because not everyone is out of the broom closet. I thought, there's that closet again, the broom closet. We have the same issue. It was at that moment. I said, you know what? I'm writing a book to help witches come out of the broom closet. That's wonderful. So this book, of course, I know it. I've read it. I'm actually honored to be in it, which I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm thankful to have a place in it, honestly. But so when you decided as a therapist and a witch to write a book to help um, pagans come out of the broom closet, what have you learned? I mean, I, I'm sure that you have had a lot of experiences that most people don't have in the process of writing that book. What I learned is there's no one answer for everybody. It's very personal. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's right for me may not be right for you or someone else. Our circumstances are all different. Some of us fly in and out of the broom closet, like me. I'm in and out of it all the time. Some people are out all the time and others are so afraid to even open that door. Well, how about you, Stacy? Have you dealt with the broom closet in your life as a practicing Never. witch? I was open from the beginning. 
You lucky from, girl. From, <laughs> I think it's just more of my hubris. Um, I started when I was 16 back in 94, 1993, something like that. And um, I was completely honest. I bought my first book on witchcraft and my mom's like, what'd you buy? And I said, a book on witchcraft. And that was... <laughs> <laughs> I've never hidden it. So I've never been in the broom closet, but I know plenty of people that, you know, have been depends a lot. I think on your situation, um, your family, your circumstances, where in the country you live, there's a lot of elements that come into play. I lived in a pretty, um, uh, urban esque kind of area. So there was a lot of diversity. So I didn't, I mean, I did get a little bit of crap for it, but, it didn't bother me. Did you get crap from your mom? She laughed. She didn't believe in witchcraft, so she didn't really care. <laughs> I was raped by my mom and my aunt, and my aunt, I told her about it. She was a little weary about it, but she said, I trust you, so that was it. We didn't really talk about it, but I did Whoa. it. I was I spent years training as a solitary, and then I was training in a trained in a traditional coven and I don't know. I just, well, I, I dealt with it because of course I was in the United States mm -hmm. army and I've also in and out of my life worked for various Jewish and um, Christian organizations, right. either as a cleric or a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so um, of course I came out with a bang <laughs> in 2006. Yes, you did. Well, I came out, I just went ahead and just, you know, <laughs> just went, I just went full press. However, um, I still, I don't, I'm not in the closet at all as a witch in my daily life and the people that I daily associate. I still um, keep it on the down low, especially around my family. And um, I do go to church. And that's a rich experience, but that doesn't take away from who I am as a witch. It gives me a little bit of buy-in with my family. So even though I'm way out, and of course I'm out of the rainbow closet and I, I just, I can't even see it anymore. There's no closet there. Anyway, um, no, this whole thing of coming out of the closet. I love what you said that it is different for everybody. And don't you think as a therapist, I mean, I'm treading on your sacred ground, but don't you think all the answers to our problems are unique to the they person? Are. So one size fits all anything. The purpose of the book is to help someone make that decision. And if they decide to come out in the book, I give suggestions on how to deal with any pushback they may get from the people in their lives because we are not them. They are not us. So who is someone else to tell us how to live our life? And the attempt is to give the person self-confidence and some tools to use when facing those fears, facing their family, facing their mm -hmm. friends, when a person is heav heavily closeted, have you seen them be self-destructive? 
you know, I, yes. And there's almost a self-hatred because they feel like they're doing something wrong, that it's shameful, but it's not. It's what they believe others think of them. It's the guilt. It's, you're not good enough if you don't behave a certain way. Whatever those, whatever those standards are that they were taught when they were little people. It's just so powerful because, see, the further out that I become, the healthier person I am. I used to, like a lot of uh, trans people, I used to chain smoke and way over drink and way over drug and a lot of other things that were high risk and unnecessary. And now that I'm fully out of my closets, I don't do any of that stuff. I'm a peace I'm at peace with myself. I love my life. I just, I love, I love others. I mean, I am so happy that I am out of my closets because in my closets, I became rather ingrown and self-destructive. I was just curious if you as a therapist had seen that pattern in other people. I think people. I see more anxiety than anything. So maybe a lot of the anxiety disorders people are having are because. Yep. And once someone comes out of the closet, they blossom. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Well, it's interesting. We talked about oh, the background fantastic. because I was raised, you know, like we say, was I in the broom closet? Not really. Never. But um, I also wasn't raised in an overly religious household. I was just I, going I did... to ask you that. Yeah, I went to, um, I did take, you know, catechism classes and all that and got confirmed and everything, but my family never, uh, they stopped going to church along <laughs> when I was a kid. So they didn't go to church. We didn't talk about religion in the house. It was never really. It's a big the religious issue. thing. There are certain religions yeah. where they have these misconceptions about witches, witchcraft the pagan mm -hmm. path, whatever you want to call it. Right. And, you know, having been in a lot of these religions, if you've listened to some of my previous interviews, I've been accused of having multiple religions <laughs> before. I think but, you did. <laughs> I, but I, uh, it's because I've always been a seeker. I've been a traveler and I don't like boxes and I love. Yeah. Learning. You don't want to wear the same clothes every day. If you want to try God different no. religions, go for it. Right. But you know, the baseline and you know, this is, and this would be an interesting to get your opinion. I think of being a witch is not something you learn. I think it's something mm -hmm. you are. Yes, definitely. You, you can learn witchcraft and you can learn all, you know, candle magic, or you can learn how to do sigils or, you know, I was a little miss evocation, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever. You can learn stuff, but I think being a witch is a spiritual state of awareness of the magical world yes. around you. Yes. Yes. And I still remember the first time I used magic, if you want to say it's describe it that way. It wasn't a spell. It was like something I did with my mind. I was 13 years old. My parents had guests over and the guests had a baby. The baby was about a year old and the baby was sleeping on the living room floor and I was near the baby. So my parents and their guests were sitting at the dining room table 
playing cards or whatever they were playing. And I was staring at the baby and I said, I'm going to make you wake up. And when you wake up, you're going to start crying. And I was focused on that baby. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I imagined him crying. I don't know how long it took, but I concentrated so much. That baby woke up and was crying and screaming so much that the parents oh, wow. said, we got to go home. And I, <laughs> wow. I was 13. I still remember that. And I felt so powerful. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, okay. My, my witchcraft and spirituality, I live in a world most people don't live in. I'm a psychic. I see and hear other beings. Let's bust the evocation. I speak every day with my angel every day. I mean, so I remember I was playing basketball with a friend who's um, just a high school friend. We did a lot of stuff together and we were just done playing and it was a full moon and we're sitting at this grade school and we have our cherry Pepsi <laughs> and uh, I'm watching these two luminous beings walk by. I can just, you know, I just see them, but this is my world. And this, this fellow's name is Mike. I turn to Mike and I go, you know, Mike, do you ever feel like you're really not from here? Like, like, cause it was a full moon. And I, I was like, that you're like a moon child and that you're placed here and, and you have purpose. And, and do you ever see, you know, other beings and, and hear other voices? He just looked at me and he goes, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you weirdo. I'm not seeing that shit. <laughs> oh, no. He doesn't look at me and just goes, no. Like, and this conversation's over because Mike doesn't live in that world. He became the transportation secretary for his state. He's done very mm -hmm. well. But no, he does not see luminous beings or speak to angels. or. Now, see, <laughs> when you were saying that, you know, you asked him that question, do you ever feel like you're from somewhere else? That was like my whole childhood. I always felt like I was from somewhere else and I always had Me very too. vivid dreams and um, I had some experiences with angels and spirits from a very young age, you know? So I get that. See, this it's, is what I witchcraft mean. is a calling as far as I'm concerned. It's something that you just are. You just are. Yes. So you could be a good witch or a bad well, witch. But if you're the a way witch, I was witch. taught <laughs> by my high priestess and high priest uh, the question of, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And the response was, I'm an effective witch. There's no such thing as good or bad. You're just good at it. How about bihexual? You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it, bihexual. <laughs> and I think a lot of people think, when they think of witchcraft, though, they think of Wicca. Um, and that is a huge subset of witches. I think even people that don't necessarily call themselves Wicca, I mean, the very foundation comes from Wicca, from, you know, Gerald Gardner all the way back in uh, 1950s in Britain. Um, but I was trained in the religious order of witchcraft. And from what I know, the very foundation of the order is ceremonial magic. There was no British traditional witchcraft. Some of that got brought in much later after the fact after uh the founder mary uh, onita passed away but her the very foundation of the order and the ritual work is much more of a ceremonial background so when we do rituals and we do rituals every day we open the temple every day 
and it's all calling on spirit. There's no, we don't call into like necessarily specific deities or the elements in the same exact way. We work a lot with angels and with spirit as we call it without going into too much. Cause I can't, it's a closed tradition, so I can't really well, share a know, whole lot, but. Being so involved in Jewish mm -hmm. and Christian ministry and teaching I, my witchcraft, you know, I was, as a kid, I was a witch, trust me. I was, I was so out yeah. there. And then, you know, I got, I tried to get straight and I tried to be a normie and I tried to kind of, you know, paint by the numbers and be a good Christian. And that was just a big flop. And uh, <laughs> that was just a disaster. But all the time I was collecting, you know, I had a Scott Cunningham book always under my Bible. I mean, my whole life, my kids were raised, you know, with me while I was in these various things, but we were making witches ladders and drying herbs mm -hmm. and charging our athmes. They still give me a, they, they still give me a, a hard time. They're like, we were the only Christians out there in a thunderstorm charging our magic knife. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I mean. The witchcraft for me, it always, it just always comes back. It's always, it's like I said, so I learned it, but I was a witch and I was trying to learn what I am, just like I am a trans woman. Well, it took me forever to sort that mm -hmm. one out. Yeah. <laughs> that's not an easy transition right. or realization to make. So, you know, like why? Uh, so Theodore, do you, it's as a therapist, do you advertise anything that you're pagan? I, I only ask that, uh, witchcraft or pagan because I, myself, I have bipolar too. So I'm on medication and stuff like that. And I, I'm not currently seeing a therapist or anything, but that's something I've always wondered about, like finding someone that you could be a little bit open about your spiritual stuff. Because when I go to my regular psychiatrist just to check up for my meds and all that. It's always, Oh, well, are you seeing things that aren't there? Well, I mean, yeah. Cause I'm a witch. <laughs> okay. That you know is what I really mean? You can't say that. So I just go, no, right. right. <laughs> you know uh, okay. what I mean? So let's go there. Um, mm -hmm. I used to work for a psychiatrist and when the patient would come in, I would see the patient first to do the therapy and then after the therapy, they would see the psychiatrist to check in for their meds. I remember there was a patient who saw ghosts in her house and she saw her family members after they passed walk around the house. Well, I believe in all that. So mm -hmm. I'm talking to them about it. And, you know, this is really comforting for them to see their family members especially when grandma first dies and they see grandma so she saw the psychiatrist next after the psychiatrist sees the patient he would bring me in and say okay well i'm adjusting the medication or this person's doing well they're stable this and that he just gives me his feedback and on this one particular patient he said well She's still seeing dead people, so I raised her medication. We got to get rid of the psychosis. And I opened up my big mouth and I said, Well, they're her family. These are her family members who've passed. 
And he took his glasses down and slid them on his nose and looked over his glasses and just looked at me. He said, do I need to give you a prescription too? Oh, wow. So, yeah, you want to be careful because that's a spiritual thing. But as far as looking for a therapist, if you were asking me how you would find one, what I encounter is people will call me and ask me if I'm a Christian counselor. This is a very Christian area. Some people really want to have a therapist that is a Christian. My question to them is, are you looking for a Christian counselor? Is this important to you? Because I am not a Christian counselor, but I can refer you to someone else who is. I get one of two answers. No, I really want to see a Christian counselor. I'd be happy to have a referral. Okay. The other answer is, no, I don't want a Christian counselor. I'm so relieved you're not because I don't want someone to judge me for whatever, whatever, whatever. Hmm. Oh. So that's yeah. a good way to screen nice. somebody. Mm-hmm. I have a that's friend good. who's a Jewish therapist. That's really good. And he gets the same question. Are you a Christian counselor? And he asks, is it important that you have a Christian counselor? Because I'm not. I'm Jewish. Are you okay with me being Jewish? Yeah. That's yeah. good. Well, you know, one other thing I, I definitely want to cover in our Mystic Initiations reboot is our friend Theodora. She also has a podcast called Witch Casting. And um, that's an incredible journey. We have this Mystic Initiations podcast, and I have another one called Queer Casting. And um, so, how, what's that journey been like, Theodora, starting Witch Casting? You know, I set out to start witch casting with Theodora Pendragon late 2022. When I woke up one day, I said, I'm going to have a podcast. So I had planned on it being a takeoff (laughs) from my book, Taking the Flight Out of the Broom Closet. Well... It has been a wonderful experience because I have attracted so many different types of people, but they all have a message and some messages will resonate with you or not, but there's always a guest who will help somebody with whatever message that they have. So I have pagans, I have shamans, I have people who call themselves a manifester. So Uh, when you manifest, is that magic? Yes. Yeah. But some people are afraid to use the word (laughs) magic. So they say, oh, I'm manifesting. Well, Mm. whatever you want to call it, you can call it whatever that, you know? That's really neat. I have, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I'm certainly not current. I think you got about 42 or 43 episodes or something out there. I love them all. Every time I listen, I go away a better person because just what you're saying, you're enabling the community to have an in-house conversation and invite everybody else to listen. And what is nice, and we all know this, you know, unfortunately, um, pagans can click up pretty quick. 
and you're breaking some of those walls down. And I think it'd be wonderful for the whole shamanistic pagan community to have a platform by which we can compare notes and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I invite everybody to think, be Stacey? on my my show, whether you're a heathen, shaman, a medium, psychic, whatever you want to call yourself. So what do you think, Lady Decon? I think it's great. And yes, I think we do need to start bringing more people together and to stop um, being in our little bubbles as pagans, because that's very common. Um, you def- you definitely have a, a problem of um, some people claiming I'm a real witch and you're not because you don't do A, B, C, or D. Um, we all have something to learn from each other. We all bring something different to the table. So, I mean, I love to hear different um different traditions, different ways of practicing them. At the end of the day, witchcraft is a personal individual practice, whether you belong to a specific tradition or you just do your own intuitive solitary work. um, Everybody brings something different to the table. So I, I like to, yeah, I definitely love to hear from different people from different walks of life, not just witches either. I've been on a kick right now. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about near death experiences and mediums. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've been having fun with that. Well, maybe our next uh, mystic That's a topic we should do. I'm calling this season mm-hmm. 2. Let's let's do uh NDE. Yeah. And OBE. I mean, those those two areas, I mean, I remember the day I read Robert Monroe's Journeys Out of the Body mm-hmm. from the Monroe Institute. This must be back in like 1980 or something. And boy, I got on the OBE train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was jumping out of my body and I was, you know, oh gosh, I love that. You I know was what? Having so Getting on trains fun. is fun. You know, now we're on the podcast train. <laughs> right. Back in the OBE day, you know, I, I did all the techniques. I learned how to get out really? of my body. I would put stuff on top of a oh, shelf. I, oh, I've yeah. never been able to master I mean, yeah, that, but I've always, my thing has always been seeing. I see energy and spirits, but I tried to uh, astral projection back in the day, back in the nineties. And I stunk at it. I've never been able to master that. Uh, I'll tell you one, one of the most stupid <laughs> techniques I've learned, it, it, but it works. Sometime if you're kind of falling, you're in that alpha wave zone mm-hmm. stuff, you're kind of getting sleepy. Imagine you're in your sports car mm-hmm. and you're, racing down a curvy road in the mountains Mm -hmm. and you're going as fast as you can and the tires are squealing and everything. And then you mess up. The car flies through the guardrail and shoots out over the Canyon. And then you just jump out of the car and you're flying. Wow. It's so dumb, but it has worked. And then you'll be flying and you'll be having the whole OBE thing. You're like, oh, and then of course you're like, oh, I'm out of my body. And then you'll wake up in your bed and be like, wow, that was really now, cool. Oh. But you could, you could sustain it. I mean, it's, that is one of the dumbest ones. I mean, I, I got where I was, you know, creating the astral body, uh-huh. the silver cord, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes it's like, oh, let's just do the, the dumb sports car stunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you got me thinking about Lori Cabot because I took her class, um, which class is a science one. In 2003, maybe? Not completely positive. Um, it was the early 2000s. And never, we didn't do any astral projection or anything like that. But like at the end of the week-long 
class series, what we did is we would be partnered up with someone. They would give you the name of someone, their age, and their location. And you had to go into the alpha state and find out what their medical diagnosis was. So they had something physically wrong with them that they knew they had physically wrong. And you would have to go in there. And I remember the person that I was working on, I kept, you know, I kept saying, you know, she's given me, you know, little bits of encouragement and stuff. And I'm like, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And then finally come to find out the woman was blind. (laughs) Oh, because usually you expect to just like get like a little knowing maybe or an image or something. So it can come through in different ways. But that was really cool to know that I could tap into. I could see what they look like. I could see how old they were, how much they weighed, what's physically wrong with them. Of course, you have you can't really do a lot with medical diagnosis. You have to be careful. I'm not a doctor, so I can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's a really cool thing to try doing with someone if you ever want to give it a try. Um, Lori Cabot, her book, Power of the Witch, which is a back from the 90s, old school book. She teaches a technique <laughs> of going into the alpha state, which is what she uses for all of her for witchcraft, for manifestation, for psychic work, everything. And it's, nice. I find it to be pretty powerful. Well, technique. we definitely got to we'll definitely unpack that a little bit further. Well, <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad to have Mystic Initiations back from the dead. (laughs) Plus two resurrection spells. Necromancy. (laughs) (laughs) Brought it back from the dead. And and Theodora, I am honored that you would join us. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for being here. You know, what I want to say is... If you have a problem coming out of the broom closet, just remember, there has never been a better time to be a witch. (laughs) True, true. Well, my sisters, um, love you both. Blessed be. Thank you. Yes. And I'm sure we will all be talking. Blessed be, everyone. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.